Super Talk Mississippi media production. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Start of a new week. It is Monday. March 23rd, this is Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Thank you for being with us. Wherever you are, however you're listening, we appreciate you making us part of your afternoon. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, and Brian Scott Rippey. This, this, for me, Borky, is the only normal in my life right now. And for that, I'm kind of thankful. I know that at six minutes after 3 o'clock for the next five days, we're going to sit down and we're going to spend three hours with the entire state of Mississippi or uh, folks beyond if they're listening uh, on the app or you're going back and listening to the podcast. This is normal for me, and it's kind of a relief because everything else is completely haywire at this point. Yeah, and it's it's hard to follow, too. It's kind of exhausting to follow. I know that if I quarantine myself and don't leave with the exception of coming here and then going right home, that me and my family will likely be okay and not spread it. Otherwise, I, I'm, I've got to tune myself out of it. Even though it's the only thing newsworthy right now, I, I can't watch the yeah. coverage anymore. I just know I'm going to stay inside and do my part and then uh, catch up on Veep episodes or something. I still find myself going to multiple news sites daily to see if there's any new information. You know, The biggest information that's out there right now is when Congress is going to pass some sort of an aid package uh, I know we are all shocked to uh, find out that Republicans and Democrats are fighting with each other and can't seem to get on the same page. And, you know, nothing really going on. I mean, no reason we can't hold out a few more days or at least a couple more or maybe even a couple more weeks, you know, to get some sort of an aid package done. Right. It's quite incredible how the, the country's in peril. People are worried about uh, where their next paycheck is going to come, when the economy is going to get better, all this stuff. And <laughs> nope, there's infighting from political leaders that don't have to worry about any of that stuff. I, I for one, Richard, am shocked that you have yeah. political leaders acting in bad faith in Washington. I, just, I can't believe it. Yeah, I'm sure they're all doing what they believe is right and uh, <laughs> can't be swayed one way or the other. Hey, Dad, how was your weekend? It was very quiet. Not a whole lot going on. Not a whole lot. So what did you do? Did did you end up firing up the grill this weekend? No, we were going to do that on Sunday, but the the, the weather, it rained enough down here that I couldn't, I didn't feel confident in my uh, ability to do that. So I just made a big pot of jambalaya. That's not a bad, uh, that's not a bad second place finish. No, no, it was fine. I got you. But I did have to go to the grocery store and that was not exciting. See, I think what just happened, I, I think you just lied to the entire state of Mississippi. I said, you said you didn't, weren't uh, convinced of your skills. I think you just didn't want to go outside and get wet. Well, I, I mean, I, did, I didn't. I'll be honest with you, I didn't. But looking at the at the forecast, I was like, ah, just, I'm not 100% sure I can get this thing started, and then it won't start raining on me. So I didn't. 
Had I'm you put something on the sure. grill, what was it going to be? See, I, I never got that far into the thought process, to be honest with you. Probably some, you know, some steaks or something if I was going to go that route. I got you. Rippy, you told us on Friday you had steaks to go on the grill for the weekend. How'd that turn out? I did. They were oh, wait. No, good. no, no. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. You weren't going to put them on the grill. You were going to use the air fryer. That is correct, and they were pretty good. I liked it. As much as if you had done them on the grill? Or yeah, it actually tasted the, better the than the last grill? two times we had done it on the grill. So, yes, I would say definitely. Does that mean you're not good on a grill? No. I would say that probably means the air fryer is quicker and easier and tastes better. I just I don't understand why you would be going the quick and easy route in a time where there's nothing to do. Uh, I don't know, because easy is better than hard. <laughs> Jeez. I, uh, I suppose so. Uh, did, did you did you do anything else this weekend? Played golf Saturday, but other than that, not much. Just kind of hung out yesterday. Not a whole lot to do. What was the scene like at the golf course? It was fine. I mean, it was like fairly busy. I wouldn't say it was packed, but there was a decent amount of people. So did you walk, or did you go solo in a golf cart? No, you just did one one in a cart or whatever, one a piece, and then just rode. I mean, it was fairly normal for the most part. There you go. Well, that sounds uh, sounds good. I did go the uh, the grilling route, and uh, on your recommendation, also picked up a pan of meatloaf. There that you was, go. We uh, had that Saturday night. It was good. Yeah, that was uh, that was dinner at our house uh, out last night, and uh, when I saw Greg on, oh, I guess it was. Friday, maybe it was Saturday, Saturday afternoon, uh, when I went by, he said, hey, I heard you talked about me on statewide radio. <laughs> I said, I guess word travels fast. Uh, pretty good weekend, though, all the way around. All right, so what do we get in? Or was all that free from you for him? Did he, did he hook uh, you up? No, no, well, I mean, th- there might have been a little thank you that was uh, included in All right, in making there. sure, you know, we're not working However, for, for, for charity here. No, I understand that, but uh, trying to do what we can to help local businesses and uh, and support oh, yeah. the local economy. Folks have been really good to try and do that for Jane and help with uh, her store and, uh, you know, just trying to do all we can to uh, help uh, f- friends helping each other during this time, right? I got you. I got you. Yeah. Let's see. What, what was the uh, – I, I didn't get steaks. I got, um, got some salmon fillets. And got Wagyu burgers, Ooh. and got two Ooh. racks of rib, uh, ribs that had just come off the uh, off the smoker, and got the pan of meatloaf, and then they put together this really cool grill pack. Uh, you want to talk about convenient? And I have not cooked it yet. It was half a chicken, and two like big sausage links, and then five uh, smallish pork chop. Not pork chops, but pork chop steaks, uh, pork tenderloin slices. That, that's those are pork chops. Well, no, I mean I, I feel like it's only a pork chop if it's actually got the bone in it. Still, no, no, almost pork chops exist. Come on. Yeah, well, we had good pork chop fillets the other night without the bone, and my father-in-law goes, "Those aren't pork chops; those are pork steaks." So anyway, he wanted to argue about that. So maybe I was trying to. <laughs> Be correct. So anyway, yeah, a uh, a good weekend on the grill. If uh, look, I'll just throw it out there. C Spire text line is open 601-879-4395. We got plenty of time. What did you do on the grill this weekend? If you fired up the grill, 
this weekend. And this is almost a tip of the cap to our friend JT. Very much a topic that he would be broaching in times like these. What did you put on the grill this weekend? If you got a picture, send it to us. If you want to just describe it, we'll uh, we'll pass along. We will share the ideas that uh, were good so that uh, we might uh, try some other ideas or, or, or find some different things besides just doing burgers or steaks on the uh, on the grill. Borky, did you end up smoking something this weekend? Absolutely. And, buddy, you should never do a pot roast without starting it on the smoker first. That is, it is the best pot roast I've ever had. Uh, shout out to Malcolm Reed for the recipe. Did a um, just a regular uh, chuck roast, uh, salt and pepper rub on it, and smoked it for two hours. Took it out of the smoker, put it in a Dutch oven with your your au jus uh, powder, your ranch, and uh, I, I used he, I used uh, banana peppers. A recipe called for a different kind, but I didn't want my wife to get overly spiced, so I just used banana peppers and finished it off. Uh, put that back on the smoker for whatever it's worth, but finished it off for another two hours in there. And you had all of the the tenderness and whatnot from a regular pot roast because of the Dutch oven, but the smoky flavor from the first two hours slapped it on a sandwich. It was incredible. I will not make a pot roast any other way. It looked good. Yes, and had had a picture to rub it in. Why didn't you send me a picture? No, you said you were going to send pictures. So I, I, I'll I send would, the group picture. Um, man, it was so good. I, just the combination of both in a pot roast was the. It's my new favorite thing I've smoked so far. I was blown away. Uh, we got a text message, C Spire text line. I'm smoking 20 slabs of ribs on my huge smoker for as long as I can, and I'm going to cautiously deliver them to my friends and family that may not uh, get a good meal otherwise. Temp is at a steady 200 four hours in. Says he fired it up today. This was his first day off with his business being closed. I really like the idea. Be, be awesome. careful in the delivery process. Maintain your social distance. Um, and there's a number of places in the state of Mississippi uh, that now have stay-in orders in place. Uh, whether we're calling them shelter in place or stay at home, whatever it is. Uh, but uh, you know, I don't know if we're trending toward the entire state being that way or not right now. Uh, it's uh, some individual communities that have uh, or cities. Municipalities, however you want to describe it, um, who are uh, are putting that in, and uh, just be smart. Continue to uh, to be smart. We'll read more of your text messages as we go through the show this afternoon. We've got some uh, news to get to on the sports world. Then uh, we'll try and have some fun with you. Sports Talk Mississippi just getting started. Rob Fisher will join us about twenty minutes from right now from uh, the Memphis Grizzlies and Grind City Media. And then Chris Lamonis, head baseball coach at Mississippi State, joins us at 20 minutes after 4 a little bit later this afternoon. Both of those guests joining us on the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. We will be right back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. Continue to avoid the waiting room with C Spire Health, but uh, listen for just a second because things are changing uh, pretty dramatically with the C Spire Help, uh, Health app. Be sure, if you haven't already done so, to download the C Spire Health app, but I want you to know that uh, it is currently being reformatted 
to be used in this time of crisis. The app is being reformatted for COVID-19 screening for symptomatic patients. That means if you have a fever, uh, coughing, or other symptoms related to COVID-19, this will streamline the approval process for you to be tested, again, if you are symptomatic. C Spire and University of Mississippi Medical Center have waived the cost for this service. It costs nothing. We're going to have more updates for you maybe later this afternoon and certainly in the coming days. Uh, but uh, this is, a, uh, I think, a, an important development for the C Spire Health app. There is going to be a point in the future where this will turn back to being a telehealth app where you can just avoid the waiting room and avoid going to doctor's offices uh, but in this particular time of crisis, C Spire and UMMC are working together to use this to streamline the screening process and to speed up the testing process for COVID-19, especially in the Jackson metro area. We'll tell you more about that as we uh, go through the show uh, with you over the uh, the next few days. A few other things that happened on the grill this weekend around the state of Mississippi. Huey from Raymond. He went with grilled veggies and shrimp fried rice over the open fire pit with poblino peppers and corn. He sent us a picture, and it looks great. What, what kind of pepper see this? was this? I see it. What, what uh, kind of pepper did you say that was? Well, I, I said poblino. What did I? What should I have said? Well, you said poblino. <laughs> Just like oh, it's did poblano. I? Poblano. Uh, okay. Glad you, you, you were able to me. correct me. I'm a respected local eater. Very well done. Anyway, Huey and Raymond, that looks good. Lucas in Union says he doesn't have pictures, but he cooked deer tenderloin stuffed with cream cheese wrapped in bacon. That was on Saturday. He says that's his favorite go-to on the grill. Shaq Bully, smoked, uh, sorry, smoked wild pig tenderloin. He sent us a picture as well, and Looks yummy. You ever had uh, wild boar? Yes, I have. Oh, it's, it's great. Yeah. Um, you ever seen what happens to farm pigs that escape a few weeks later? No. They turn into that quickly. Really? Right. It is, it's that, yeah. wild. It, it Google some pictures. It, it'll show you the progression. But if they escape, that's what they turn into in, in a very short order. Huh. There you go. I had no idea. When we get to the what did you learn today, be uh, be sure there it to is. remember that. I did not know that. Uh, somebody smoked meatloaf. Borky, you were talking about uh, doing the smoked pot roast. Went with smoked meatloaf instead of breadcrumbs. He says used crushed barbecue chips. And instead of ketchup, used barbecue sauce. He says 225 to 250 until you reach the desired internal temperature. Uh, Robert in Oak Grove went the smoked chicken route. I like it. And it looks like he used whole chickens as well. Great call there. Uh, John listens to us in Hardeman, Tennessee, which I think is just across the northern border of Mississippi. Uh, I, I think Hardeman is in kind of the Pickwick area. John's been a longtime listener. He says, can you guys tell me if there is a curfew for Tennessee? N- not that I am aware of right now, but that does not mean – that that's not the case. John, uh, I would check with your local folks to uh, be sure one way or the other. Uh, Scott went with uh, blackened grilled salmon. He marinated in soy, mustard, and brown sugar. It's pretty good. 
So my wife and mother-in-law and my son all wanted salmon. The rest of us had hamburgers or ribs on uh, on Saturday night. And I like made a little concoction to put on the salmon before it went on the grill. It was, um, let's see, it was a sweet and sour mustard with olive oil, some cracked black pepper, some Lowry season all, and honey. And I just kind of whipped it all together and spread it on. It turned out, it was like, there was kind of a lot going on from a flavor standpoint, but there was just a little bit of sweet, but there was enough pepper in there to give it a little bit of bite. I kind of like the, the sweet finish, though, with just a little bit of bite on uh, on salmon when you do it on the grill. Uh, Keith and JS says, not on the grill, but uh, got fresh turkey nuggets fried up after Saturday morning's hunt. Yes, sir. I like it, Keith. So you, 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 you got a turkey, maybe your first of the season, on Saturday morning, and then turkey nuggets before it was all said and done. I like it. I like it. You can uh, you can text the show C Spire text line 601-879-4395 601-879-4395. Josh sent us a picture of a couple of Boston butts that he had on the grill at 2:15 for 22 hours and they are beautiful. Turned out great. Also got a brisket that uh, somebody smoked on the grill and uh, those turned out as well. Uh, keep those coming. We'll have fun with uh, what you did, especially over the weekends, from a uh, from a food standpoint. Borky, let's put up a poll question. Yeah, got it up already. So th- there's I got a- another one after you do this one. Okay, the first one is: Does the threat of losing football season make you more likely to self quarantine? Yes, because you can't miss football. No, because you make your own rules. Or no, because you're doing it already. Almost 60% say, yeah, they're more likely to self-quarantine if there's a threat of losing football season. Uh, 12% say no because they do what they want, and 30% are doing it regardless. Pretty good distribution from our listeners, if I have to say so. There you go. All right, if that is poll question number one, let's go to poll question 1A. All right. Do you believe we will have a full slate of college football games on September 5th? Absolutely. Absolutely not, or it's just hard to know right now. Which would be the cop out answer, I guess. Maybe maybe we should go with answer though. Yeah. Maybe we should go with absolutely leaning toward yes, leaning toward no, or absolutely not. Maybe that would be the uh, the better distribution. So what do you guys think? I mean, as we sit here on March 23rd, we're talking about September 5th, about six months from now, five and a half months from now, are we going to have a full slate of college football games on September 5th, first full opening weekend of the season? I think so. You've already seen, it's only two days, but you've seen a couple of uh, states where today's positives are less than yesterday's, fewer, I guess I should say, less... uh, than yesterday's so maybe some of this self-quarantine stuff is working but if it gets more serious months from now will be plenty of time for us to quarantine get this thing out and recover like they're doing in korea and other places hey dad what do you think if we were doing it poll question wise i would say leaning towards yes but i won't be completely surprised if maybe the first week or two is without fans rippy what do you think 
Uh, I would lean yes at this point, given the timeline to other countries and such. But again, just a guess. Um, was it consecutive days where Italy has seen the number of cases go down? And and Borky, I'm not discrediting what you say a second ago. I, I know that we've had that in a couple of cases, but all the signs are pointing to this being a pretty bad week. Uh, across the country, across the United States, in terms of number of cases and number of deaths and all those things that are, are going along with it. And I guess ultimately the most important number is is the number of people that die in this because we got to get through this with as little death as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not exactly breaking news there. But Italy, who is, you know, a week ago, things were about as bad as they could possibly get. In consecutive days, they have seen the number of reported cases go down. Uh, I don't know if that is an important comparison point or not, uh, but it does seem to be the case. One of the reasons that I asked the question about college football, I mean, obviously, uh, that's something that we love. It's something that we're all interested in, and it's something that I I think is really important to the United States and certainly is extremely important to the economy. Because if we get college football, that means things are trending in the right direction as we get through the summer and we get into the early part of the fall. And trending in the right direction is something that we need right now. But there is an absolutely major sporting event that has been put on ice for the time being. We'll talk about that when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you Monday afternoon, March 23rd on Super Talk Mississippi. You Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm. For the first time today, let's go to the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Our good friend Rob Fisher from the Memphis Grizzlies Television Network and Grind City Media. Rob, this is not what we were supposed to be talking about on March 23rd. We were supposed to be talking about this playoff push and whether or not the Grizzlies were going to be able to hold on to the eighth seed. I'll, I'll let you uh, prognosticate, since there's no wrong answer at this point. Would the Grizzlies have finished up in the eight seed? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I love it. Would they have gotten to the seven seed? Can I hear a six? Uh, no, I won't get greedy. I'll go ahead and take eight and be happy with it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was special, man, and um, you know it. it as far and, and obviously everything we're talking about here is sports term because sure. we know the big picture and we know what we need to be doing at this point as a society. But you know it's unfortunate for the Grizzlies because um, you know as a young team and exceeding the expectations that anyone saw for them this year already uh, to go through a playoff run to go through a final month where every game really meant something. Could have been a great learning experience for this team, and then to go into the playoffs and 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 have a an experience of postseason would be a great experience for this young team as well. And and hopefully, you know, the NBA, at least according to all reports, their plan is to still finish the regular season before starting the postseason. And if that were to happen, great. Uh, hopefully, we can get that sort of feel and that sort of sense of. Yeah, and this team can get that sort of sense of what it really takes to to make a playoff push, and 
and to be a playoff team and, and what it's like to be in the postseason. So hopefully that could still happen for the Grizzlies. It's, uh, you know, we, we, we embarked on a road trip, I guess, a week and a half ago for six days, and they were all huge games, all three of them, and um, got called home before we even played a game. So uh, it's, it's unfortunate uh, basketball-wise, but, you know, we'll, we sit and wait like everybody else in the country, just kind of waiting on what's next. In, in terms of what might be next, you said the NBA holding on to the idea of finishing the regular season and then rolling into the playoffs. I, I've got multiple questions about that. I'll, I'll try and throw them at you one at a time. One, what, what do you think the likelihood, and, and, and I realize that I mean, it takes a ton of speculation to, to do this, L- likelihood of finishing out the regular season before rolling into the playoffs versus either an abbreviated end or just saying, look, where we were when we stopped, that's where the season ends. We're going to dive right into the playoffs. Yeah, I, you know, as you said, it's, it's all just guessing at this point. Um, you know, I, I, I guess it depends on when the day is going to be where we think we can allow gatherings to be back together. And I'm not talking about even fans in a building. I'm talking about players on a, on a floor, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, because I think it's been discussed about resuming the season and, and playing the remainder of the regular season, possibly without fans. Or, you know, I think ideally they'd like to play the rest of the regular season with fans. I, I don't think there's any way of having any sort of abbreviated rest of the season just because of the playoff picture. It would be very difficult to come up with any sort of scenario that would be fair for the teams. You know, I mean, the Grizzlies currently have the second hardest strength of schedule for the remaining 17 games in the league. Well, it's not fair if all of a sudden you come back and you're only going to play 10 games and the Grizzlies have the... 15th hardest strike the schedule. You know, that's not fair to the teams behind them. So I, I would imagine your scenarios are one of two. You're either going to find a way to be able to come back and play the rest of the regular season and then go into the postseason, and we're going to play this thing into July or maybe even August, or you're just going to go straight into the postseason. And at least at this point, my guess would be that's probably a more likely scenario because – you know, when you finally find a date when you're able to resume, well, you're going to have to almost have a training camp again uh, before yeah. you actually do resume. So, you know, I, the, the longer this waits out and the longer we go, the closer we start getting to next season and next season's training camp. So I think, um, I don't know, that would be my guess at this point. But, again, there's nothing behind that guess. It's just a matter of looking at days and looking at dates and looking about when this is all going to end. Rob, we're talking about the most finely tuned athletes in the world, and yet even people who are athletic in terms of NBA standards, there's almost like a buildup to the start of playoffs. We talk about load management all season long, but you know Kawhi Leonard might be the, the best example. When you get to those final 20 games of the regular season, he's kind of ramping things up in a way that he hasn't for much of the year to get ready for that playoff push. Would a short training camp allow NBA players to be at their best when the playoffs begin if you didn't finish out the regular season? It, 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 I, don't, I mean, these are, these are all questions that we just don't know answers for. And, you know, we're, we're all in, in the middle of something that we, we've never experienced before. I, 
there would have to be some sort of camp. It, 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 it would be, it, it'll be bizarre. However, however it turns out, you know, whether you're yeah. coming back to have a two, three week training camp to just play postseason games. I mean, that, that would be again, basketball wise, that would be unfortunate. I think for a team like the Grizzlies, because you don't have that sense of gearing up for the playoffs of that mental preparation for the playoffs. It's just all of a sudden it's here. And, and I think that would be very difficult to go through that sort of training camp just to start the playoffs and all of a sudden you play four games possibly and it's over. Um, that would be, that would be bizarre. Um, to, to go through some sort of training camp and to have those final 20 games, I, I think it would, or 17 to 20 games, whatever it is, I, I think would be, you know, at least by game 10, game 12, maybe you start to have that feeling back of, you know, where we are, what the standings are, how many games we've actually won and lost this season, and, and what games mean, and, you know, the playoffs are right around the corner. And But I think it would still take some time because, you know, that first game back is going to feel almost like an opening day, but it's not an opening day. It's an important <laughs> game for playoff, playoff positioning. So whatever scenario plays out is going to be bizarre and going to feel a lot different. And, and you just kind of hope, you know, that if, if you are able to play those games that – you know, halfway through it, you, you kind of get it back into that mode and kind of start to feel it again because you, you're certainly not going to feel it at first. First thing you're going to feel at first is, wow, we're actually playing again. This is this is kind of weird, you know. So and sure. kind of get the feel of being back on the floor and, and running things again and getting comfortable and getting chemistry back. And I mean, every everything's out the window of what you've accomplished up to this point. And, and you'd be starting over almost with a 17-game season uh, to, to get into the postseason. So yeah, it, it's it's hard to answer any of these questions just because who knows? Who knows what it's going to feel like? Who knows how it's going to turn out? Rob, only about a minute, maybe a minute and a half left. I'm curious, and, and again, I'm asking you a question where you've got to speculate a little bit, but do you think the NBA, if they have to push this back, let's say we're able to play and, and everything gets played out, but you go through August with the playoffs, do you think there's a scenario where they would be willing to also push next season back so that you have an adequate amount of time between the end of this year and the start of next season? Yeah, I, I, I've thought about that myself, and I, I don't think it's out of the question. Uh, I mean, I think everything's on the table at this point, and I, I think that's something that would have to be discussed because you can't go through a long playoff in, in that sort of play and that sort of intensity and – and and everything, and, and then all of a sudden just shut it down for about three weeks, and then come right back and try and play a long regular season again. I, and just that doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. And there's been some talk, uh, at least among some owners, about possibly pushing the season back a little bit anyway. So this, I think, is an opportunity for the NBA to to, to discuss and to evaluate on whether or not that's a good idea, and and maybe experiment with it for next year or maybe push the season back a month and and have to go back to where we were a couple of years ago where you're playing more back-to-back games and you're playing more four and five days and, and maybe kind of shorten next season a little bit and, you know, play all 82 but shorten the amount of time that you're going to play all 82. And, you know, that, that hurts the product as well. So, you know, I, I, there, there are just so many – you ask one question and it turns into about 15. And, and yeah. that's, that's what they're dealing with right now of, okay, we can push this season back to August. Okay, well, what does that mean for next training camp? All right, well, let's push next training camp back. All right, well, what does that mean for next 
season? And what does it mean for our product? Is our product going to be as good if we're playing that many games in a short amount of period? Now all of a sudden guys aren't playing. Is that good for the product that's just coming back? So I think everything's on the table. Everything's going to be discussed. And, you know, they're they're just sitting in a room right now trying to figure those things out and and can't really figure anything out because we don't know when the next ball's going to drop. We don't know when the next – Next game's going to be played. So all of those things are very difficult to figure out. Fascinating time. And I guess the NBA not unique from uh, a lot of things right now where we've got certainly way more questions than we've got answers. Rob, hope you yeah. and your family are continuing to do well. Always a pleasure to visit with you and look forward to talking to you soon. Hey, I got time. Anytime, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's Rob Fisher from the Memphis Grizzlies television uh, broadcast crew and also Grind City Media joining us on the Farm Bureau phone line. We'll be right back to wrap up hour number one after this. I would like to share with you an email that Meg sent us. And I think this is really cool. Meg says, I was just talking with my father, Bill Goodman from Jackson. He is 91 years old, and in these difficult and unusual times, listening to your show is one of the highlights of his day. Bill, we are honored that this is one of the highlights of your day, and I uh, hope you're around this afternoon and, uh, and are enjoying it. He said this, he called to tell me that you have asked people to submit their lists of favorite athletes of all time. If you remember, if you were listening on Friday, we talked uh, about the five greatest athletes that you have seen in person with your own eyes and you absolutely bombarded the ceasefire text line with just name after name after name and we could have gone on for four or five hours with the names that you were submitting and the stories that you were submitting so bill wanted to pass along his list but he said my dad said most of the list to date have been from archie forward but he wanted to offer some other names, and he thinks that some of the other older and retired folks out there would be interested to hear some of our comments about the names on his list. So Bill Goodman and Jackson, who's 91 years old and regularly listens to the show, has friends, a list that is enviable. Listen to these names. And he said, by the way, he did include Archie on his list. Shorty McWilliams. Hey, Dad, do do you want to give the quick Shorty McWilliams synopsis? Lost Hey, Dad, for a second. He may have turned his mic off. Might have have been the greatest player of the, uh, I I was thinking for a second, Uh, of the 1940s. It was before Dak Prescott, the only MSU Bulldog to ever get a Heisman vote. Four years as a running back at Mississippi State. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. And that and that was after playing for a year at West Point. Yeah, I, I think I've got my is, sequence right. Technically, he is the only MSU Bulldog to ever win a national championship. So won a national championship at West Point. And, and 
I need somebody to fact-check me on this, but as I understand it, you, you had some players who were able to play at a service academy because it was a wartime deal and it didn't count a year against their eligibility. Does that does that sound right? Is that the way it's been explained? Yeah, to you? A, a lot of a lot of people in during World War II did that. They were able to enter the military, play for for those schools, and then come back and not lose any eligibility. So Shorty McWilliams on Bill's list. Listen to these other names: Charlie Connerly, Arnold Palmer. Cassius Clay, also known as Muhammad Ali, Jack Nicholas, Lou Gehrig, Archie Manning, John McEnroe, Michael Jordan. Bill, my friend, Bill, my friend, you have lived a fulfilled life sports fans life yeah, to he have won. seen decorated those list. say what that was quite the decorated golf list yeah to get Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicholas both on there yep having seen them in person I saw some pictures recently of Arnold Palmer and and right we, I mean so so most of us if you didn't grow up watching Arnold Palmer play golf, and the whole Arnie's Army phenomena that was was going on at the time, and just the cult following that he generated. There is an argument to be made that nobody has done more for the popularization of golf than Arnold Palmer. And I know that's a big statement considering what Tiger Woods. Tiger certainly would be the only one in the modern era and maybe Tiger has eclipsed what Arnold Palmer did for the game, but in terms of growth of the game, in terms of fans, Arnold Palmer may be at the top of the list. But what you don't realize is how athletic Arnold Palmer was. Like, like I think of Arnold Palmer late in life, you know, wearing a sweater and hitting an honorary tee shot at Augusta where he just kind of fillets one out into the middle of the fairway, and you can see that it used to be there, but obviously it's not anymore or, or wasn't anymore. His wrists were massive. Like, you know, if you, you know, your arm, what, generally speaking, tapers, you know, from shoulder down through bicep, down through forearm, down to a smaller wrist. His wrists were as big as his forearms. Just a remarkable athlete. He wasn't huge. He was like six feet tall. Meg, I appreciate you sending us this on behalf of your dad, Bill Goodman in Jackson, who's 91 years old and listens to the show on a regular basis. Bill, hope you're doing well. Hang in there. Stay safe. And thanks for reaching out to your daughter to send us that list. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm. Thanks for being with us on this Monday afternoon. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, and Brian Scott Rippey continue to avoid the waiting room with C Spire Health. Be sure, if you haven't already done so, to download the C Spire Health app. The app is currently being reformatted and is being rolled out for COVID-19 screening for symptomatic patients. That means if you have a fever, coughing, or other symptoms, this will streamline the approval process for you to be tested. Again, only if you have symptoms. 
C Spire and UMMC have waived the cost for this service, so it is completely free. Stay tuned for more updates in the coming days. That is C Spire in conjunction with UMMC working to uh, use technology to make the testing process for coronavirus a little bit easier. We're glad to have you along this afternoon. Um, Borky, do we have enough content to do winners and losers or no? Um, it, it depends, I guess. I know the Saints are big winners from the weekend. Um, signing Emmanuel Sanders, that's a pretty big deal. Well, if we were going to do winners and losers, you just blew your winner. Yeah, that's fine. I'll go. I'll do it again. Hey, let's try it. Let's try it. Let's go for some winners and losers. Button won't fire, so I am a loser. Here we go. Maybe this will work. Maybe. All I do is win, win, win. There no we matter go. what. There we go. Soy food We got winners. We got we got losers. Americans love Americans will love a winner. Not will not tolerate a loser. Wow, guys, that was just like the real thing. <laughs> winners and losers from the weekend from the last week. We'll go around the horn. Uh, Borky, since you've already given yours away, why don't you lead us off? Yeah, Emmanuel Sanders signing with the Saints. That was something that I didn't see Who coming. Did? It wasn't written a lot of places or really anywhere that I could see, but randomly this week, and it happened late at night as well, boom. The Saints signed a legit number one receiver to be their number two receiver behind mm-hmm. Michael Thomas. He's a little bit older. I think he's 32 uh, so been around the block a little bit, but as Rippy and I discovered uh, earlier today, been to four Super Bowls, won one. So an experienced NFL veteran, consistent wide receiver, perfect complement to Michael Thomas, and they're getting him at a discount for what he's worth, uh, $8 million a year is his contract. So sounds like a lot to you and me, but in NFL terms, that is a steal for a guy like him. Massive move for the Saints. Now they can go draft a linebacker, and they have a pretty complete lo- uh, roster right now. I was going to say, does that leave any holes on the uh, on the roster? Got to get a linebacker. A.J. Klein went to Buffalo. Um, Anzalone's still recovering from injury. So right now it's Demario Davis, Kiko Alonzo, and uh, that's about it. So they need to go get a linebacker in the draft to really make you feel comfortable with their current build. To rip it, you got a winner? Uh, Laquan Treadwell got a second shot with the Falcons over the weekend. So after a, uh, I guess, really trying to kickstart a career that never really got off the ground, but interesting offense to go to, I guess we'll be interested to see how that kind of plays out. Why is that an interesting offense for him to go to? Just because they have a bunch of talent and he's he's got a better quarterback and just more so that it's different more so than the exact same thing that it has been the last you know, four-plus years in Minnesota. Yeah. What was it? So it was... Didn't play much as a rookie, played a little bit more his second year, and then was it in year three when he got cut, but then they brought him back? Is is that right? So it's just three years up so far? That was his past year, if I'm not mistaken, so that would have been his fourth. Okay, so that was year four. Uh, 16, so 17, now, 18, 19 in the NFL. Okay. Well, I, I, I missed one disappointing season in there. I guess it was didn't play much as a rookie second and third year played a little bit more but didn't have a lot of production has had some trouble uh maybe putting it mildly uh catching the football when it is thrown to him and then this past season got cut but then brought back uh because of the rash of injuries to uh, minnesota's receiving course so laquan treadwell now an atlanta falcon hey dad you have a winner the houston astros 
because they should be getting pummeled by baseball and booed at every stop along the way. We should only be a few days away from opening day and, and getting Three ready days, to... Three days, right? Wasn't it March right. 26th? I think something like that. And they should be getting ready to just be engaged in the most hateful tour in the, maybe in the history of the sport of baseball. And instead, they're not getting to do that. So they are probably the only people on earth happy about the current state of affairs. When baseball ultimately resumes... We'll all be forgiven and forgotten, no, or will we not. resume with uh, beanball vitriol directed toward the Astros? The Astros shame tour will resume uh, as soon as possible. My winner is Rex Chapman, former Kentucky basketball player who was an absolute star in the Bluegrass State, uh, played Extended time in the NBA, just a, an incredible basketball player. Went through some really, really difficult times to the point of even living out of his car for a while. Relationships kind of crumbling around him. But Rex Chapman has made an unbelievable comeback. If you don't follow him on Twitter, you should. Rex Chapman has a shtick on Twitter. He only does two things. Well, three things. He retweets a lot. Number one, and this is what initially drew people to Rex Chapman on Twitter, he was funny guy with the block or charge little shtick. He would post a video, and they would say, block or charge. You know, guy walking down the street, not paying attention, trips over a fire hydrant, block or charge. You know, fire hydrant wasn't moving, clearly that's a charge. Yeah, what, Whatever. Um, maybe I said that wrong. No, that's about so right. that, that that's one thing, and they're really funny, and people love them, and they've gone crazy for them. And then the second thing that Rex Chapman has done in building a massive Twitter following is this is the content on the Internet I'm here for. And he'll share a video of the kid who has some sort of special needs whose high school basketball team rallies around him to help him hit a shot. And then they carry him off the court on his shoulders. Or uh, a puppy dog uh, helping somebody get through a, a difficult time. The, the, those little videos where everybody goes, oh, man, I needed to see that. Or, oh, it's getting dusty in here. That's kind of what he's done and has developed an incredibly positive Twitter following. And now he's using that to try and parlay this into helping raise some money for uh, Kentucky area um, food banks and the opioid uh, foundation that he has founded. He's had some issues with that himself. Uh, it's a pretty neat comeback story. And uh, I feel like we're all kind of here for the comeback story. So Rex Chapman on my winner's list. Any losers? The Los Angeles Rams. Okay. Wow. So their logo, we kind of got a teaser of it on a hat that was a grainy picture that came out a few weeks ago. Uh, that is their new logo. And... It is horrendous. I mean, it looks like they are a defunct AAF team. They drew themselves in color and look closer to the team they're sharing their stadium with. It looks like the Chargers G League team. I mean, just, and they paid somebody probably a hundred thousand dollars to design this logo. It's terrible. The Ram head, like their not secondary logo, but like the third one. Looks really it's good. good. That's what they need to use because that's a good look. The LA with the 
I guess that's like supposed a to be a almost. horn. That's terrible. I can't believe that somebody got paid a ton of money to design that, and then a bunch of football people sat in a room and thought, oh, yeah, money right there, and changed it. Mind-blowing. Rippy, do you have a, uh, a loser? I do not. It doesn't appear to be enough going on. Maybe I missed something, but no. Hey, Dad, a loser? Yeah, I, I, I saw this tweet from uh, Nicole Lynn, who's a, an agent, and talking about college football juniors who have declared for the NFL draft. I'm going to call them the losers here. Pro days have been canceled. Nobody can do private workouts. A lot of juniors who didn't get to the go to the combine. It's it, She's asking the NFL to allow for an exception to let those guys come back to school, which would make for very interesting times at Mississippi State to see maybe Cameron Dantzler back for another season uh, in maroon and white, if that was the case. And he's the guy who went to the combine but hurt himself. He ran a really poor 40 and was probably looking forward to pro day or some private workouts to show that that was not you know, what, what you really were going to see from him. So I don't know if that's going to happen. A lot, a lot, obviously a lot on the NCAA's plate right now, but those guys, uh, the, the guys who didn't, especially the guys who didn't get to go to the combine, they're suffering right now. Yeah, and... I thought some of what John Harris told us last week was interesting, that nothing really changed in terms of the way the teams are putting their boards together and scouting. I mean, he was just using the Texans for an example, and he had asked some of their player personnel people, hey, how bad is this hurting you? And they're like, we've already got our board together. You know, nothing's changing in the way teams slot players for the first three, four, five rounds. Now, the opportunity is – somebody pops onto your radar that you weren't really thinking of that maybe you put in that 5th, 6th, 7th round or 6th, 7th round uh, of the draft. We don't really think that's where Cam Dantzler, to use your example, will be, though, do we? Or do you think it's that far down? I don't think it's that far down at all, but you never know. Yeah. All right, we'll see. So that's uh, winners and losers on this Monday. Coming up next, Chris Lamonis will join us. We will uh, put a bow on the 2020 edition of baseball for Mississippi State when we have our conversation with Chris Lamonis on the Farm Bureau phone line. That's next. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. Let's go to the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. Chris Lamonis, head baseball coach at Mississippi State, on your radio right now. Coach, this is not what we were supposed to be talking about. We were supposed to be six games into SEC play and uh, talking about your team and stretch run and all those things, obviously we uh, have been dealt a much different hand over the last couple of weeks. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you guys doing? Good, good. We appreciate some uh, some of your time to kind of wrap up this, uh, this strange season. Let, let's rewind a week and a half and just kind of walk us through what you said to your team and what those conversations were like. Uh, when it became clear that everybody had to go home and it was pretty unlikely we were going to have any college baseball? Well, you know, it was kind of a a crazy ending, obviously. Um, Because, man, we're playing on the field. And we come off the field that night and we realize everything's gone haywire. Um, Get on the bus, head back to Starkville from Biloxi. And, um, you know, as as I look back, I I feel bad because our meeting really wasn't an end-of-the-year meeting. It was... You know, at the time, we thought we were going home for a couple weeks or maybe a month or so and um, thought I'd see this team back. And, you know, things have changed since then and things keep changing. But um, kind of surreal, like just did this really just happen? And 
Um, you're more worried about the welfare of your players at that point. When something comes through and you're sitting there with 35 to 40 people who are under your care, trying to get them home, trying to get them in the right spots, um, baseball, as important as it is to all of us, becomes a lot smaller during that time. So um, I just hate it for the fact that we finished that meeting and, and next thing you know, you know, we spread out everywhere and, you know, that team's not going to get together again. You know, and that's the disappointing part and the hard part. Usually when you have an end-of-the-year meeting, you have a, you know, exit meetings and everything else, and we kind of we didn't really have any of that. We just, you know, um, said goodbye, which we thought was going to be for a little while, but ended up being for a whole season. Does it make it more uh, – I don't know if frustrating is the right word because, again, you got to keep in context, as you were saying, you know, that there's a, a bigger story going on here. But maybe you'd put together your two best days of baseball the entire season, you know, two great wins over a top-five team in front of big crowds down in Biloxi, and you were just rolling into SEC play. Does that make it harder to swallow that it came to such a screeching halt? Well, if we'd have lost them both, I probably would have ready for a season to be ended maybe. I don't know. But <laughs> we, uh, it, we were starting to play really good baseball. And um, we knew we had a good team the whole time. We just had a tough week there in the middle of the season. and or at the beginning of the season, and, and it, it's, it's frustrating either way. I just, you know, in my world, since I was 18 years old or even earlier, I've played ball all spring, you know, as a college player, as a college coach, and so it just it just feels odd. And so, and watching your team, and we came off the field that Wednesday night, <clears throat> and we felt like a million bucks of playing just two great games against a great opponent, and then just uh, you almost get slapped in the face, you know, when you come out and you hear the news, after the game, but I think it, it hits everybody, right? I mean, this is so much bigger than just us, and I think our whole country's kind of got that same feeling, you know, right now. You know, it's funny you mentioned that about since you were 18. I, I asked Scott Barry the exact same thing last week. I said, you know, you've been a, a coach or a player for a really long time. When's the last time you had a spring break? And he, he said, you know, probably when I was about 13 years old. Because even in high school, we, we always played through spring break while everybody else was going skiing or going to the beach. There was a baseball tournament right. somewhere. Well, our, my group of guys are all coaches. So as soon as it happened, we're like, all right, we've always wanted to go to the Masters and the Kentucky Derby. You know, like, oh, and then no. everything just started getting canceled all the way across the board, right? Like, it was uh, – you know, that's the, that's the hard part, you know. But it, it is. It's so true. We just never – I haven't had a spring break in forever and uh, don't want one, you know. But it's been – you know, that's our springs are always full. And, and, and college athletics is so busy. But when you play, you know, college baseball, you're playing four to five games a week. You're, you know, I mean, you just nonstop. And all of a sudden, um, my wife and my daughter, they're ready to kick me out of the house because I don't know what to do with myself around here all day long. So – <laughs> um, you know, just you change gears so fast of being so busy and now you don't have anything to do. Hey, Coach, it's Brian Haydad. Obviously, baseball has been the uh, the sport that's gotten the focus of possibly getting an extra year of eligibility. Let's just say the NCAA decides to do that. They're going to give all players one more year. What else do you need from the NCAA at that point to make sure your your <laughs> roster is managed correctly? It's it's a tricky question because it's it's there's so much we don't know right now. Um, we don't know the draft. We don't know how long this is going to last. We don't know. You know, we just we just don't know all the pieces of it. I feel sorry for whoever has to make the decisions. You know, it just it makes it really tough. But in you know, if everybody got a year of eligibility back, then you're hoping you get a bigger roster. 
you're hoping you get some type of relief scholarship-wise, or then I just become the bad guy, you know, because nobody could predict what we're going through. So it's, you know, some of the, those are some of the areas, and I'm sure the NCAA is looking at them all. They meet on the 30th, so we maybe will know a little bit of something then, but um, we're all, I mean, every coach I talk to and the players call and ask me, and we just, we all don't know anything right now. It's just kind of so wide open. And this is, we've never had this problem in college athletics. So it'll be a, it'll, it'll be new for all of us. Chris, I had a, a coach in another sport tell me that it felt like the NCAA was, was maybe trending in the direction of just giving seniors an extra year of eligibility. Does, does that make more sense than giving it to everyone? Or is that, is that a bad plan? Well, I think it's a bad play. I don't know why the seniors more important than the freshmen. You know, at this point, you could say, well, he gets it, you know, he had his last year taken away, but, you know, the seniors had three really normal years of college baseball. Who says next year is going to be normal, you know? And and in our world, we have professional baseball. So you're taking away kids' draft rights and draft, you know, different things from them. So I think it really affects base. It's another sport maybe just seniors, but in baseball, you know, we have, in my world, I got sophomore eligible, I got junior eligible, I got, mm. you know, the high school kids kids coming in. I, I think it throws the dynamic out of whack a little bit. I just, that's one of the ones, I mean, I, I feel bad. I have a couple kids who barely played or played and got hurt. And in normal years, they get red shirts, but I don't know. We just don't know what's going to happen if, when it happens the way it did. So there's so much unknown. I, I, like I said earlier, I feel sorry for whoever has to make all the decisions because they you know it won't cover everything and we're all dealing with some sort of loss or something through this whole process so um it'll be interesting to hear what comes out of their meetings and stuff but the senior for baseball doesn't work especially for an sec coach because it's you know we usually don't have many seniors and i love my seniors don't get me wrong i'd love to have all my seniors back too but i don't think they're more important than the freshmen i don't know where we determine that unless it's just an easy way to to fit, you know, to get through this process, I don't know. There was a story that popped up last week, and I don't know how much traction it, it, it has gained, that Major League Baseball was toying with the idea of not having a draft. Have you talked to anybody, you know, that would maybe have a little more insight on, on whether that that's actually a possibility? I, I've talked to some people. I haven't really heard that either. You know, I, I mean, I heard it, but I don't know if it, it's uh, – it was actually a real conversation. I I do think we'll have a draft. I don't know when it will be or how many rounds it will be, but I do think there will be an MLB draft. I don't know how you don't, um, you know, take more players, you know, especially the cream of the crop of the country and put them into professional baseball. But, you know, they have the same problem that we have. And I said this from the beginning to our coaches is, you know, this time of year when spring training breaks, they cut some players and then they go out and play for three months and some kids get hurt or get cut and then it opens up spots for the next draft. Well, that's not happening right now in minor league ball. You know, so where do the new players go? That's a, you know, they're going to have crowded rosters. We're going to have crowded rosters, it looks like. So it's, it's kind of a difficult, you know, piece for pro baseball and for us, you know. So, but I do think there'll be a draft. Um, how many rounds, I don't know. When will it be, I don't know. Um, and I, I just think there's so much uncertainty of how long is this going to last around us. You know, is it over in a month? Or is it this is, you know, two or three months? I mean, we just don't know right now. So 
I think Major League Baseball is probably doing the same thing we're doing and just kind of keeping an eye on it. Last thing, and we've got uh, about a minute left. I, I know with only about a third of the season, maybe a quarter of the, of the season played, this can be hard to, to answer, but what will be your lasting memory from the 2020 baseball team at Mississippi State? Well, I think those two days in Biloxi for us were pretty special. And, um, you know, it was such an early part of the season. But, um, you know, spending time with our guys. And, we, you know, we, had been, we went down there for about four days, kind of hung out. Um, kind of was our mini spring break. But, um, and I don't know if you guys know, but we, man, we sold that place out two nights. Room is standing room only, maroon and white. And to play an unbelievable opponent like Texas Tech, I mean, Tim Padlock called me at home, played, we shook hands the first night. This is an unbelievable atmosphere. And I was just, yes, it was, you know. And we repeated it on night two, and we played at such a high level. Um, probably those two nights, just, you know, and, and as excited as our kids were, because we had, we had gone through a tough week, you know, earlier. And, and uh, kind of it's fun to see our guys fight out of that, because every team's going to go through a hard week or two in a college baseball season and see our kids kind of bounce out of it and, you know, walk out of that ballpark with their shoulders back was, was fun and uh, just hate that it ended so quick. Chris, really appreciate your time. Always good to visit with you and look forward to catching up with you soon. Take care, guys. Hail State. You, you as well. That's Chris Lamonis, head baseball coach at Mississippi State on the Farm Bureau phone line. With you, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. You sent us some winners and losers from the weekend. We had uh, Bill O'Brien as a loser. That would be the head coach slash general manager of the Houston Texans. Uh, we'll skip on the political stuff. Derek and Greenwood had winner. ESPN, the Ocho on ESPN2. The 2019 European Tram Championships. Good stuff. Take your word for watch, it. Did you watch any of the Ocho? Saw some of the what cup is, stacking. It what blows my mind about the cup stacking. So they have different um categories, if you will. And one of them was three three stacks of three cups. And what you had to do was undo the stack and put them on top of each other. So two on the bottom, one on top, two on the bottom, one on top, two on the bottom, one on top, and take them down. And that was the entire thing. A kid traveled from Germany to Denver, Colorado <laughs> to do it's two seconds. And he won two point one one seconds, but that's all he did was stack three cups on top of each other three times and take them all down. And he won a trophy, which is cool. Was there a monetary prize as well? I don't know. I had it on uh, had to have it on mute because I was watching it during the uh, the Sunday show yesterday. Is there gotcha. not multiple rounds on those things? They Well, yeah, I guess you have to process of elimination, but the final was just one heat. Like, ten kids went through and did that for two seconds, and boom, that was it. <laughs> we had NASCAR E-Racing as a winner. P.J. Walker as a winner. He was an XFL quarterback that has been picked up by the NFL. And... 
We'll get to some news about Jordan Tamu coming up uh, a little later as well. Uh, Lucas says, Winners ESPN showing replay of WrestleMania 30 from New Orleans last night. Happened to be my first WrestleMania that I attended. Hey, Dad, did, did you watch the um, the WrestleMania replays? I did not, no. I didn't watch it. Although 30 is, if you're going to replay one, that's a good one to do. I sent you the... Um, I sent you a DM the other day. What was it, 30 and 32 that they were replaying? 30, 32, and 35. 30, 32, and 35. And 30 is the best of all time, is that right? Uh, it's in the discussion. Uh, I, I would I would put it Why? towards the top. I mean, it's just fantastic. Uh, a lot of great matches. Well, what, was it? Uh, That's it, my, what was the storyline? Give me a big storyline. Do you just dive right into everything? This is the, 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 I don't, you know, let it build, my friend. Let me build it up a little. Oh, so now it's telling me that remember the other day it was me saying let's build it to a crescendo you guys were like build it up. you're burying the lead richard <laughs> well i'll let you finish talking it was the difference i was still going uh it is also the culmination of, of one of the better storylines they've done uh in the past you know five or six years which was the the rise of daniel bryan as the sort of the, the new people's champion uh and and win, finally winning the uh the world heavyweight championship so so you're telling me that uh, a WrestleMania that was not one that included Hulk Hogan and the Macho Man Randy Savage and the Giant and all of those things is not one of the best ever. I mean, no, there are certainly ones. First of all, Hulk Hogan was at this one. He was uh, he opened that was the the opening segment. He came out to address the crowd, and then Stone Cold Steve Austin comes out, and then The Rock comes out. So I mean, they really set the bar high right off the uh, the start of that thing there. So how would you top it? I mean, just from if you're a wrestling fan, there were some WrestleManias that that had better cards, top to bottom. Yeah, you you say Hulk Hogan was there, but I'm talking about Hulk Hogan ripping his yellow T-shirt and talking to yeah. all the little Hulkamaniacs. Yeah, I mean, obviously WrestleMania three, you know, not the greatest match in the world, but for for pure spectacle and for pure, you know, maybe pop culture relevance, that's near the top. Of, of you know with Hogan and Andre the Giant. Winner, let's see. Lucas, uh, his loser was people hoarding sugar. He says he can't make sweet tea because everyone is sold out of sugar. Okay. Uh, loser, ESPN had stone skipping. Sounds awesome. Why, why was that the loser? Yeah, it seems like know. you may have missed the point on that one. It's the Ocho. Yeah. What, what did you want? What did you want him to put on there? Yeah. Uh, Michael in Gulfport says when Brett the Hitman Hart slammed Yokozuna. It's a good one. Not a great WrestleMania, though. It's a good match, though. Fair enough. Uh, so I mentioned this earlier, and, and it's what prompted the, um, the, the Twitter question about what you think college football is in store for coming up this year. So the, uh, the Twitter poll question... There were two of them. The first was, does the threat of losing football season make you more likely to self-quarantine? Results there are... I can't see them. 53 in favor of yes, because they can't miss football. 10% say no, because they make their own rules. And 37% say they are doing it regardless. Again, really impressed with our, our, our listener base here. Here you go. Follow-up poll. Do you believe we will have a full slate of college football games on September 5th? 
the options were absolutely leaning yes, leaning no, and absolutely not. 26% of you say absolutely. 4% of you say absolutely not. 30% leaning yes. 40% of you, this was 187 votes, leaning toward no. Kind of puts the this news today in perspective. I mean, that's why I think it's important that we talk about it here. Is I still have a couple of friends that are um, uh, too cool to stay inside. That uh, they can't stand people telling them what to do. So they're going to go out and they're going to do all this crap. They're those people. Um, if the Olympics getting postponed to as an aside, if you're that person, you suck. Yeah, stop being that person. Uh, if the Olympics getting postponed, that starts on the very last couple of days of July and goes through August, getting postponed at least one full year does not wake you up to the fact that we could probably lose or at least have an altered college football season, then I don't know what will. If you're a sports fan and you're not doing your part, losing football's on you. So there you go. Borky gives the punchline before we tell the joke. If this isn't a wake-up call for the defiant sports fan... What is veteran International Olympic Committee member Dick Pound told USA Today Sports Monday afternoon that the 2020 Tokyo Olympic Games are going to be postponed likely until 2021 with the details to be worked out in the coming four weeks. His quote, on the basis of the information the IOC has, postponement has been decided the parameters going forward have not been determined, but the games are not going to start on July 24. That much I know. He went on to say that the announcements will come in stages. He says we will postpone this and begin to deal with all the ramifications of moving this, which are immense. Um, interestingly enough, Canada was the first country to say that its athletes would not be participating in the Tokyo Games if they were held in 2020. And we wouldn't have missed much there. <laughs> Although, who was it? Was it was it our buddy Dan Wolken that pointed out that uh, four years ago, Canada won the 10th most medals in the Summer Olympics? Oh, man. Who could have forgotten Thanks. that? Appreciate the, uh, appreciate the insight. Um, it's right up there with Usain Bolt and, you know, Carl Lewis and some of the great performances. Oh, for sure. <laughs> were, were any of those golds? Surely some of them were. Well, yeah, they had Ben Johnson before they found out he was a roid freak and uh, was ripping Carl Lewis off. So, Yeah. I'm really disappointed in you not chuckling a moment ago. Hey, Dad. That was a brilliant pause afterwards, by the way. That was a pregnant uh, I, I knew where you were going with that. You really Man. hammered the point home. Good job. Isn't that hypocritical, though? Like, a little bit of you to laugh at that? Me? No, uh, Richard. I, look, oh, I've uh, just I've just learned to deal with fifth grade senses of humor and was allowing for the <laughs> chuckle, and then I thought I would move on without comment. I, okay. But imagine having the last name Pound and not going by Richard. <laughs> He's choosing to go by Dick Pound. That makes him a legend. <laughs> All right. He is a Canadian who has been one of the most influential members of the IOC for decades. So he's been at it for a long time. Uh, <laughs> wow. You need to call See, a doctor. The, you know. the, 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 
There we go. Call a doctor if your IOC involvement is more than four hours. Dr. Harden. That's, <laughs> that's what I was talking about. Ah. Ah. Boy, talk about the NCAA tournament being canceled as a business disruption. Yeah. Gracious. It's like an international relations disruption. No, I'm talking about for urologists. That's some kind of oh, relation. Uh, <laughs> Uh, for urologists, that's a uh, th- that is a big couple of days for them. The Tuesday and Wednesday before the NCAA tournament begins, that is prime V-snip territory. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll take a quick time out. Wrap up the four o'clock hour with you right after this. Back to the U Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at Super Talk. FM. We are glad to have you along on this Monday afternoon. Some of you in Mississippi dealing with uh, the shelter-in-place order that's uh, lasting a couple of weeks. Hey, Dad, has that happened in Starkville yet? No, not yet. Okay. We got uh, got word that Tupelo was putting in that place, uh, putting that in place on Saturday, or uh, it went into place, I guess, effect. They made the announcement on Saturday. I think it went into into effect yesterday. Oxford went into effect with that uh, at 7 p.m. last night, I believe it was. Uh, Borky, anything? I guess in... I should say, let me be clear. If it happened, I haven't seen it. Let's, let's, it could have happened and I missed it. But yeah. I don't want to act like I'm being super definitive here when I'm not 100% sure. Borky, anything Jackson Metro? Um, as far as... I know, no. I have not seen uh, or, or been given that order. Although, in my area, like all the parks and stuff have been shut down. Yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi with uh, you. The C Spire text line is open. Continue to avoid the waiting room with C Spire Health. Be sure, if you haven't already done so, to download the C Spire Health app, especially if you are in the metro area. The app is being reformatted for COVID-19 screening for symptomatic patients. That means if you have a fever, coughing, or other symptoms, this will streamline the approval process for you to be tested. Again, if you have symptoms, C Spire and UMMC are working together on this initiative. They have waived the cost for this service. You will be talking directly to a UMMC clinician. Stay tuned for more updates as they come over the uh, the next few hours, maybe uh, certainly in the next day, we'll have all of that information for you. Um, the Jackson Fairgrounds or the Mississippi Fairgrounds in Jackson is going to be used as a, uh, a testing site. Uh, they'll be able to do the test there and get those samples sent off. Uh, but to uh, be tested, you're going to have to be approved first and added to the uh, uh, to the queue of tests that are happening. And uh, C Spire and the Health C Spire Health app are going to be the way for you to go about doing that. Um, what about this Peyton Manning story? So, from Andrew Marshand at the New York Post, Peyton Manning turned down ESPN's Monday Night Football. The Post has learned. Sources say the overriding factor was whether Manning finally wanted to enter the broadcast booth and commit to the weekly schedule in the fall. The answer remains no. Manning has declined to be a Monday Night Football analyst on multiple occasions and has turned down basically every network since he retired from the NFL in 2016. Neither Manning nor Sandy Montag wanted to comment for the story for the Post, 
Peyton has uh, done the series Peyton Places and Detail shows for ESPN+. Plus. If he had agreed to do Monday Night Football and combine it with his current role, it is conceivable that he would have been in the Tony Romo $18 million per year neighborhood. We talked about the dream that ESPN had a couple of weeks ago of bringing together Al Michaels and Peyton Manning in the booth, but you remember NBC initially balked at letting ESPN talk to Al Michaels. He's got two years remaining on his deal with NBC. The exact figure that ESPN was willing to pay Peyton Manning is unknown. Um, they capped out at 10 years and $140 million reportedly for Tony Romo, but never got the chance to officially put that offer in front of him because he signed with CBS for 10 years and $180 million. The thought was that a contract in the 12 to $14 million range seemed realistic for Monday Night Football. When you combine that with the other stuff he's doing for ESPN and ESPN+, Plus, he might have gotten in that $18 million range. What do you guys make of this? A little surprised. What's he going to do? Well, with a couple of hundred million dollars in the bank, I guess whatever he wants to. Yeah, he just—he yeah, I mean, doesn't strike me as a guy that with you know, the way he prepared for games and stuff, that he would just be able to be what I would do, which is disappear to the beach and never talk to anybody again. He seems to be like the guy that still would want to be engaged. You know, he's doing these, uh, these um, ESPN Plus things where he does the film breakdowns and all that stuff, so he seems to still be engaged. What's he waiting on? You know, he's he a member at Augusta National. Yeah, I mean, he can just pick and choose what he wants to do. So, right. you know, if, if this isn't the right situation for him, he doesn't have to make this kind of move. His money's in the Money. bank. He, he's doing fine. So, and, and what you said about, you know, obviously the way he played football was very organized, very particular. But away from the field, he seems like a pretty laid-back kind of guy. So maybe, maybe he's just not into the grind. My, my golf comment was related to, you know, the course generally reopens for members, what, late October, early November. Yeah. Might not have the opportunity to play golf as much as he wants to in uh, October, November, December if he's uh, tied up with the NFL. Either and that. He's, be, he's still making several million dollars a year, right, between the ESPN Plus stuff and, you know, his advertising stuff and who knows what else he's involved in ownership-wise. That is leaving a lot of money on the table, though, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, maybe he just wants to keep catching beads at Mardi Gras. You liked that, didn't you? It was hilarious. It's just a cell phone video of someone throwing beads, and a guy reaches up and catches them. She doesn't even notice. It's Peyton Manning. Sports Talk Mississippi. You Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm Monday afternoon, 23rd of March. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for being along for the ride. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, and Brian Scott Rippey. You can text the show, C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. C Spire is at the front of the fight against COVID-19 through technology. We encourage you to continue to avoid the waiting room with C Spire Health. Be sure, if you haven't already done so, to download the C Spire Health app and learn more about the app 
and all that's going on right now, the partnership between C Spire and UMMC at cspirehealth.com. The app is being reformatted for COVID-19 screening for symptomatic patients. C Spire and UMMC have waived the cost for this service. We'll have more details and updates for you to come. It's time right now for the College Football Fix. College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com. Find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough, but there's more than just that. You can find out about the deals that they've got at your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Certainly, we're all trying to practice social distancing, but we encourage you to check out exactly what you can do and uh, find out how Ford is helping out families and owners in need with some programs that they've got in place. Let's um, let's get into this article from Pete Thamel. It's uh, online at Yahoo Sports, and it's a story about college sports leaders' biggest worries surrounding coronavirus. So before we get into what some of the, the university presidents and athletics directors and commissioners had to say, what do you guys think? What what are your biggest concerns about college sports based on coronavirus? Not playing them and it being yeah, a, a, a financial hole that, I mean, for all the money that exists in college sports, and there is a lot of money by the millions um only half of Division One is in a particular situation that allows for them to absorb losses, and that's a very uh, liberal um, estimate. It's probably a lot fewer than that. So if you're talking about losses in the millions, when you still have coaches on contracts and you still have all these things that cost money, and if you're not bringing in any revenue, and the SEC network check, for example, is not as big, it's pretty devastating. Yeah. Hey, Dad. I mean, I've said it so many times on the show that I don't really care about the process of anything. I just want to see the games. And this is sort of that same thing. I know there's a lot of, of issues, you know, especially from the student, you know, the student athlete part, part, part of it, the student part, you know. What are they going to do if, you know, summer classes are canceled? A lot of guys use those to keep on track to stay eligible. Um, there's obviously a ton of questions, but I'm, I'm with Borky. The only thing I really and truly care about at that you know, in terms of what's going to happen with sports is I want to see the games. I don't want to lose college football games. Some of the things that were outlined from either coaches or administrators, academics for recruits, one Power 5 coach identified the tenuous eligibility of incoming recruits as the biggest issue that isn't being publicized. It says many programs have a half dozen commitments who need improvements in core courses or bumps in SATs and ACTs in order to qualify for a scholarship with schools out and fewer test dates available, there are fewer opportunities for extra help to get qualified. Here's what Luke Fickle from Cincinnati said. I'm just not sure what this means for kids at risk. I worry about the kids going to take a test. What about kids with individualized education programs who get accommodations when they take the tests? So coaches... And administrators are worried about, okay, what is this going to look like for the kids who signed their national letter of intent in either February or December but still had work to do, and now they may not go back to school this year? I mean, basically everywhere you look, you've got public schools 
that have been canceled through, what, mid-April? And it could very well be longer than that. That's just kind of the current timeline. What if they don't go back to school? Are high schools going to just give the credits out? Are they going to give credits based on you know, grades when this quarantine began? How's that going to work? Do you do you penalize the kids who had not done enough yet by not allowing them to enroll, not allowing them to be eligible for a scholarship through no fault of their own? I, well, I say through no fault of their own, through not having the opportunity to get that final push that they needed. And standardized tests as well. I mean, some schools provided the um... – what training course, if you will, to to get ready for the uh, the SAT, which was what I dealt with growing up in South Carolina. That's what everybody wanted over there. That's what we focused on. But now that you're not in school and you don't have that test prep, and you've got to take this SAT. Let's say you signed an LOI to North Carolina, and yeah, they'll probably let you in with a pretty low one, even though it's a respected academic institution. They also do what it takes to win games, but still, you've got to get a certain number on an SAT to get into North Carolina. What if you haven't taken the test yet? When can you take the test? And on top of that, you don't have the resources to prepare yourself for an ominous standardized test. How about this situation? Power 5 coach told Yahoo Sports that they have a junior college prospect signed whose school has closed and who needs to distance learn from home. The player is from a rural southern town and doesn't have access to internet at home and can't go to a library or Starbucks now because of the uh, the virus. Nick Rolovich, who is now the Washington State head coach, was most recently at Hawaii, says that's going to be a big moral decision for the NCAA and the Eligibility Center. They've appeared very open-minded in the wake of the pandemic, so I'm confident they'll do the right thing. But is it not a fair question to say what is the right thing? Because ultimately we're talking about institutions of higher learning is it fair to allow students into school who have not academically qualified but who we think we're going to get there does that make sense it's a really good question another concern is academics for current players How will players adapt to distance learning, to online learning? There are some guys that need the structure of going to class, of having team activities. We talk all the time. I say we talk all the time. It's not necessarily true, but you know that assistant coaches, graduate assistants, you know, staff members check classes all the time. They will duck their heads into a back of a, you know, freshman biology class to make sure that the athletes that they have, whether you're talking about football or baseball or basketball or tennis or whatever it is, to make sure that they're in class. There's stories all over the place of, you know, football coaches who, you know, you get extra running or you have to do extra study hall time or you get, you know, three strikes and you're out for skipping class. It's a little harder to do that when it's all online to, to hold your own kids accountable. Regardless of how many times you say, make good decisions. you got to do this work. Your future eligibility depends on this. 
it's not crazy to think that we've got 18, 19, 20, and 21-year-olds that absolutely need their hand held every step of the way. It shouldn't be that way. But there were times when I needed my hand held when I was 18 or 19. Richard, do this. Richard, you know that you should be doing this. Why aren't you doing it? Well, because, just because. Hmm. The financial impact is very, very real. And Porky, this is, I thought, an interesting quote. This notion sums up where college athletics is headed financially. Quote, I don't care if you're Georgia or Texas, you're going to be down in revenue. Now, Georgia or Texas being down in revenue is not necessarily debilitating. And it's probably less debilitating for Georgia and Texas, Rippy, than it is even for Ole Miss and Mississippi State, who are dealing with smaller budgets. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot you just threw on the table there, but it's just one of those things you keep hearing. Like, you've never really seen this before, one. And two, you keep hearing all of these coaches and everyone say, I'm glad I'm not in the position to have to make these decisions. Like, there's a reason they keep echoing a similar sentiment to that, because this is going to be a mess and it is going to be immensely difficult to work through. I think, it, I mean, you look at this state. What does Southern Miss do without football for a year? Borky, I was absolutely about to take it a step farther. So Ole Miss, Mississippi State in a different financial tax bracket, if you will, than than Georgia and Texas. But the tax bracket that Ole Miss and Mississippi State are in, in comparison to, to continue the analogy, the tax bracket that Southern Miss is in, I mean, it's... The, the ability to absorb is more difficult. We'll continue this conversation. Some other interesting things to look at. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Interesting little piece of NFL news, and then we'll get back to the story from Pete Thamel on the concerns that college athletics leaders have about coronavirus. Um, the starting center for the Dallas Cowboys has retired. Travis Frederick, at 29 years old, is hanging it up. It's becoming another, a trend. Another, another Pro Bowl player, still se- seemingly in the prime of his career, deciding just to walk away. Yeah, it looks like there's a little more rationale here. He says, I started a journey almost two years ago that completely blindsided me. When I developed uh, Gillian-Barr syndrome, I did not know how to handle things. I was scared. That experience forced me to reevaluate my life priorities. Spent much of that year thinking about both past and future Realized how fortunate I was to play a game for a living. I realized how fortunate I was to make friends and become teammates with some great men but I realized the importance of my family and how much I want to be there for their peaks and valleys as they were for me. I am not familiar with Gillian-Barr syndrome. Are you guys? Your body's immune system attacks your nerves. Whoa. Rare disorder. Weakness and tingling in your extremities are usually the first symptoms. 
these sensations can quickly spread, eventually paralyzing your whole body. Not good. No. So maybe that's something that you can live with or you can monitor, but probably playing football does not make it easy to do that, I'm guessing. Man. I mean, that feels like a decision that was far more important than just football. Mm-hmm. But the football piece of that, that has another impact on a Dallas Cowboys offensive line that has regressed over the last couple of years. Saw that they were in the market today for uh, defensive tackles, including the Damakung Sue. I mean, it's like the team wants to pay literally everybody besides their quarterback. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. They anyway, do need help so there. Uh, I mean, if they can pull that off, that's I mean, a nasty defense. A, a team that should be good. And Jason Garrett's gone, so that's a couple of wins right there. Yeah. Um, so there are a couple of tweets saying that he had rebounded from this autoimmune disease, Gillian Bar, uh, Bar Bari disease, and uh, was expected to be a big help for the Cowboys uh, this coming season. Had a good season last year. So missed all the 2018 season after being diagnosed with that uh, syndrome. Made the Pro Bowl last year. He says he could no longer perform at his highest level. He says, because of this, I know my days as a football player are done. So that's a uh, a big deal in NFL circles. We were talking about this story from uh, Pete Thamel at at Yahoo Sports. And to illustrate the kind of the economic situation that's out there right now, basketball ended in in a really weird way this year, right? I mean, coaches get hired based on making magical runs into the NCAA tournament. They get fired for not making the NCAA tournament, but this year we had no NCAA tournament. I think it's likely that there will be some changes at head coaching spots for Power 6 schools for basketball. It's classified that way because of the Big East and what it brings to the table in basketball. But I think it will be related to the NCAA and the FBI investigations not because of results on the floor. So how about this? Basketball season is over, and at this point the basketball coaching cycle has seen zero coaches fired in the SEC, the ACC, the Big Ten, the Big 12, the Pac-12, or the Big East. Not one. The average is 11.3 per season. And you're talking about out of 64, what, about 75 schools? Yeah. So what is that about? Uh, was that fifteen percent? Give or take. We'll trust None your math on that one. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, we we know that we've got sixty four schools in football to power five level. You had Notre Dame at sixty five, and then the Big East has got ten or twelve schools. So I was just saying seventy five is a round number. And, you know, a little better than 11 firings per year on average. Yeah, the math may not be exact, but it's kind of crazy. And you haven't had a ton of firings at the group of five level or the non-Power 6 level. Wyoming made a change. That was expected. 
UAB has made a change and has hired Andy Kennedy. There just hasn't been much turnover. Iona made a hire. Iona has made a hire. What do you think of that? Rick Pitino, <laughs> back in college basketball. I do love sports media people sometimes. Uh, they crack me up. Because you know they know how things work in college sports. What is the only thing that matters in college sports? Winning. Winning. It's the only thing that matters. Yet every time a guy like Rick Pitino gets a job, it's, oh my gosh, how can they do that? Don't they know he's done this? It. I can't believe it. I'm shocked. And they write these columns as if they don't understand how it works. Like, should Rick Pitino be a college basketball coach? No, probably not. The whole having a staff member providing prostitutes for underage recruits on his campus is kind of a big deal. Like, that's what bad people do. But should you be surprised that somebody hired him? Absolutely not. This is how it works. The more you accept that college sports is not some, like, moral high ground of, you know, kids first and it's all about building character when in reality we all know it's about winning, you can accept when guys like Rick Pitino, sleazebags like him get jobs. It, blow, it just blows me away that people are surprised when something like this happens. And then in terms of concerns about coronavirus, could there be a year without football? Gordon Gee, who is the president at West Virginia, former president at Vanderbilt and Ohio State, shudders at the thought, quote, a world without college football in the fall? It's something we haven't had the courage to contemplate, close quote. It's starting to be contemplated in a bunch of different places. Source said that would be catastrophic financially for athletic departments if they can't play football this fall. It's just literally been the last few days, but those conversations are coming. Some schools are already modeling. A lot of it is a guessing game of none of us knowing. While the loss of the tournament is crippling financially for the NCAA and smaller leagues that sustain on the checks via their leagues for NCAA units, the loss of a football season would be exponentially worse for the landscape. Gordon Gee, quote, Basketball at West Virginia will pay for itself. Football pays for everything else. You know, there's also a trickle-down in terms of the football economics. So it would be crippling for Power 5 schools. You, you heard Gordon Gee's quote, to go without a football season. There are athletics departments out there that have rainy day funds. They have surpluses. There are a few that even have really big surpluses. But generally speaking, they're not surpluses big enough to offset going an entire year without the revenue generated by football. I mean, right, we, we talked about Ole Miss a lot during its NCAA investigation and the fact that they had, what, 32 or $36 million in a rainy day fund. And most of that got eaten up because of the, the loss of postseason revenue and the legal costs of defending itself through the NCAA investigation and all those things. And Ole Miss was finally getting to a spot where it was going to be able to begin to make itself whole once again and try to rebuild those reserves. And now it's having to deal with refunding a bunch of baseball tickets and 
Another concern that's out there is when you look at the stock market being down 30 to 40% from record highs, the people that they're asking for donations don't necessarily have the disposable income that they would have had just a month ago. The, the financial impact is far-reaching. And Borky, how about for the smaller schools, right? Who, you know, um, uh, who, who, who are we talking about? We're talking about um, Northern Illinois, who plays two games against Power 5 opponents and gets a check for a million and a half dollars for each. ULM. There you go. Two games where they get 800000 for one and $1.2 million for the other. That $2 million matters a ton. Uncertain times. Uncertain times indeed. Sports Talk Mississippi. We will be back after this timeout. All right, Borky, help me out with something. This is something that I should not have to have help with, but I need help. So... Where do you find out what's trending? On- okay, it's over there on the side. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, nor okay. Normally, I oh, use man, tweet. Deck. I need to save that for an intro for a later date. How yes. do you find what's trending? Our old man. Yeah. There it is, right there. Well, I normally it use says tweet trends deck. for you. Yes, thank you. I normally use TweetDeck. You can't see what's trending through TweetDeck, and so I went to Twitter.com. And I was looking for a button to press somewhere. I didn't see the big billboard on the right side of the page where it says trends for you. Because I wanted to see if the rest of Twitter was wondering the same thing I was. They are. Number one trending topic. I don't know. Is this in the United States or the world? I guess it's the United States. No Fauci. Yeah, where is he? So there's a White House briefing going on with the Coronavirus Task Force. And some of the usual suspects are there. The president made the opening remarks. Dr. Deborah Burks, who is the um, coordinator of the Coronavirus Task Force. She's been, by the way, very impressive. Uh, Vice President Pence is there. Um, I'm not sure who the guy is in the uh, military uniform. The attorney general is new to this party. Standing on stage, he made some remarks, something about investigations of hoarding and manipulating stuff. Uh, Oh, yeah, like that guy in, uh, where was it, Tennessee, Kentucky, that had 17,000 bottles of hand sanitizer, and since he got his accounts banned on Amazon, he couldn't sell them, and he just had them holed up in a storage unit somewhere? Yeah, that type thing. Although, I don't know, I mean, if he obtained those through legal means... I mean, I guess price gouging is at least. Yeah, the problem was, is they were selling them for 50, 60 bucks a pop on Amazon. Yeah, that, that part's, uh, can't do that. But there's no Dr. Anthony Fauci on the stage. And apparently this is the second consecutive day where he has not appeared at the press briefing. Um, he is, I, I'm not trying to make this political. You'll forgive me because I guess it is, but I'm just making an observation He's got to be in the president's doghouse, right? That's what I'm thinking. Other, otherwise, the leading United States expert on coronavirus and dealing with infectious diseases would be there for this briefing like he was for all the others, I'm assuming. 
He might be out saving the world. Here's hoping. Hmm. Apparently the guy avoided jail time by donating his entire stock of hand sanitizer. Somebody says it was the yes, it's the Surgeon General in uniform. This is not the Surgeon General. Maybe from the same department, but not the current Surgeon General. I don't know. Fauci gave an interview with Scientific Now or Science Today or something like that, and basically the interviewer pressed him on, you disagreed with the president, and, and he made some comment like, it's not like I could go to the knock uh, the microphone and knock him down and say, no, that's wrong. <laughs> yeah, he's in the doghouse. Yeah. Anyway. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. C Spire text lines open, 601-879-4395. It is time for something brand spanking new. Rippy, do you have the uh, the show notes open? Uh, yes. If you will scroll to page four of the show notes, Michael Borky, would you like to introduce this segment? This is a new segment we're doing called Rippy Reads Rap, where Brian Scott Rippy will read a segment of a rap song that I have chosen and hopefully uh, fully edited for radio reading. Is this Today? the best one to do? It's like that, the same words. The oh, oh, yes, that's, oh that, yes, that, yes. It's yep. going mm-hmm. to be good. Uh, the first reading of Rippy Reed's rap comes from Wiz Khalifa's hit song Black and Yellow edited for radio. Careful, I may have missed one. I don't see that I did, but just, you know, be careful. Rippy, the floor is yours. Uh Uh-huh, you know what it is. Black and yellow, black and yellow, black and yellow, black and yellow. Yeah, you know what it is. Black and yellow, black and yellow, black and yellow. This is lyrical genius stuff. That's not Hold the on, song. You never guess what's coming. Yes. Yeah, uh-huh. You know what it is. Oh, here we go. Curveball. I, everything I do, I do it big. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Screaming. That's nothing. What I pulled off the lot. That's stunting. Where did you edit this? Repping my town when you see me. <laughs> you know everything. Back to the old reliable of black and yellow, black and yellow, black and yellow. I put it, I put it down from my whip to my diamonds in black and yellow, black and yellow, black and yellow. Do I have to keep going on this? Will you oh, stop yeah, interjecting things? Just read just the lyrics. Read what's there. Black stripes, yellow paint. The I don't know if I could say that. Scared of it, but them girls ate. Soon as I hit the club, I look them girls in the face. Hit the pedal once, make the floor shake. Suede insides my engine roared. It's the big boy. You know what I paid for it. And I got the pedal to the metal. I got you. Don't know if I can say that. Check-in game. I'm balling out on every level. Hear them haters talk, but there's nothing you can tell them. Just made a million. Got another million on my schedule. No love for them. Brother breaking hearts. No keys. Push to start. Yeah, huh, you know what it is. Everything I do, I do it big. Yeah, uh-huh, screaming, that's nothing. When I pulled up off the lot, that's stunting, repping my town. When you see me, you know everything. Black and yellow, black and yellow, black and yellow. I put it down in my whip. <laughs> my diamonds in black and yellow, black and yellow. Robert Frost, 1812. 
<laughs> Why did you cut one short of the black and yellow every time? You like you only I did four every four. time, but one, I don't know. It's hard to count. He needs to read it in TV news anchor voice. That's from Graham and Wheeler. I did not go to broadcast school, thankfully. They didn't teach us that in broadcast school. <laughs> they didn't teach you. Oh, well, why? Why were you might be better suited for that? Why were you uncomfortable saying brothers? Uh, I didn't. Uh, I you know it's twenty twenty, man. Well, I, that was an edit, so. Uh, from so that was already <laughs> edited. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. Gotcha. <laughs> Ceasefire text line. That was awful. David says he can do Rapper's Delight. I actually saw this song performed in concert. Was it better then than what you just did? Uh, yes, but for a, a, a lot of reasons. Gotcha. I think Wiz Khalifa might have owned it a little better than you did. Uh, probably, but I was, like Borky said, the last thing he said to me before I embarked on that was make sure I didn't miss any. So I was kind of going slow so the FCC does not get on us anymore. Mm-hmm. Porky, I don't know if we can continue this or not. Well, that that was something, all right, though. Yeah, it didn't it was go something. the way. It didn't go the way I had it in my head. Scott and Clinton says that's three minutes of my life. I can't get back. Yeah, the whole idea, Scott, was that Rippy was really going to play along and that you were going to be laughing uncontrollably, but he was not a good sport about it. No, just didn't take Wait, it. You, you well. told me to read it just like I had. Like, what else do you want? Eh. Yeah, you swing and miss sometimes in this business. I missed on this one. Okay. No more. So does that mean Hey Dad handles hip hop isn't going to happen either? Yeah, let's try that one. Eh, it's not feeling not not feeling real optimistic about that. Okay, okay. Well. XFL star quarterback PJ Walker has confirmed to ESPN that he will sign with the Carolina Panthers. Walker will be the first XFL player to join an NFL team since the Upstart Football League announced Friday that its inaugural season had been canceled because of coronavirus. The signing reunites Walker with Panthers first-year head coach Matt Rule, who coached PJ Walker for 4 years at Temple. Walker is 5 foot 11. He was one of the XFL's top players this season. Led the Houston Roughnecks to a 5 and 0 record. Led the league in passing yards and touchdown passes. Yeah, he was electric. Really good player, yeah. And it, it certainly seems like they're signing him to be Teddy Bridgewater's backup. Uh, because, it, hey, maybe I'm off. But you can't tell me that uh, Will Greer would have done what he did in the XFL. Maybe I'm wrong, but it certainly seems like you signed this guy with how electric he was uh, to be Bridgewater's backup and not Will Greer's backup. You know what I mean? We have a suggestion that if we can get Stephen Gagliano to read uh, rap lyrics in his news Mississippi voice that we might have an Academy Award. Might have something there. I did have somebody text me that said that was so bad that it was actually funny. <laughs> I think that's what Borky was that's getting at. That's kind of what the point was. Yeah, but. Yeah, Keith Invader has it right. We have but. to play the music over, Bork, over Rippy so he can you know, find the rhythm. Yeah. I think it would make the song more recognizable. My yeah. mom just sent me a text message that said rap segment with like 19 thumbs down. <laughs> Ooh. 
Okay. She said, I, but I, but I get it, everybody. Says, but I think y'all figured that out already. <laughs> Again, sometimes you swing and miss. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.